This podcast is for informational purposes only. Information relating to investment approaches or individual investments should not be construed as advice or endorsement. Listeners should seek professional advice for their situation. Welcome to this special edition of The Living Markets. I'm your host, Philip Peterson, Chief Investment Strategist with IG Wealth Management. And joining me today is a very special guest, Christine Van Cowenberg, Head of Financial Planning at IG Wealth Management. Christine, thank you for joining us on this special edition of The Living Market. Thanks very much for having me. Now, Christine, normally uh, weekly, the episode of Living Market that is posted by myself and my colleague in, in Quebec talks about an aspect of the market that uh, you know, perhaps it's, it's a piece of research that we've turned over that week, perhaps just a, a general thought on where we're headed. Uh, but this one is going to be a little bit special. This is going to be a longer form. Uh, because I think this speaks to the importance of the whole plan, and we call it the living plan. You will uh, no doubt be a, a great source of information with respect to financial planning overall. But let me just start with this, because I think it's important to to speak to this today because of the year we've just come through. It's been a very, very challenging year for investors. We've seen equity markets and fixed income markets uh, in a loss position for most of the year. That has been uh, driven by much higher inflation than perhaps what was expected, higher interest rates uh, out of the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve in the United States. In fact, we had the Bank of Canada raise rates by 50 basis points last week, uh, taking its overnight rate to um, you know over 4%, first time that we've seen that in many, many years. Uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve will probably follow suit. Um, there's been a lot of talk about recession that we would say at this point are valid as we head into 2023. We've heard about the Great Resignation, uh, a very strong job market, which seems to fly in the face of recessionary fears, um, you know, supply shortages, and so on. And at the same, so we've got things at a crossroads. You've got markets that are down as, as we open up our statements. We're seeing just about every aspect of the market down from where we were a year ago. And immediately, this is what people turn to. They look to the very, very short-term market performance as opposed to focusing on the longer-term plan. So ultimately, you know, when I speak to clients, I say investments is only a small part of the whole plan. It doesn't factor in taxation, estate planning, insurance planning, account management, all the rest that goes into it, uh, which is why you're here. So I would love to get your sense of, real quickly, um, this year and how you rationalize that with a longer-term financial plan. Well, I think, you know, the most important point in all that, that, you know, you've highlighted is that an investment plan is not a financial plan. An investment plan is how much you happen to have invested at any point in time. And it doesn't really tell you whether or not that's enough for you, because everyone has very personal goals. And a financial plan is something that projects out into the future. And there are actually some people who don't have very much invested but they have you know, defined benefit pension plans and they have paid off homes and they have modest lifestyle expectations and that's okay. 
there are other people who have a fair bit invested and they may not be okay. I mean, we, we've seen a few situations of fairly high paid um, professionals who, you know, they might have one or $2 million saved. Uh, they're in their late fifties and they want to retire in a few years, but they want to keep spending three, 400 grand a year. That's a problem. You know, so what is, what is it that you need? What, what's, what's relevant for your own personal goals? And so with the financial plan, what we do is first our advisors sit down with our clients and say, okay, what are your goals? When do you want to retire? What sort of major, you know, purchases do you want to make? Uh, what sort of education do you expect for your children? How much have you already saved? What is your income like? And then, you know, also questions about charitable giving, uh, expectations and, and taxation and what sort of planning they may, may, or may, may or may not have done. And we have to wrap all that up into one thing and then start talking about what they should be invested in. Should they be invested in something that's short term or long term? And it's ironic to many of the people on my team, but the, the question that they most often get from the clients, no matter how much money they have, and I'm talking this question comes from people with multi-millions of dollars, but the most common question we get is, Will I be okay? Because just looking at an investment portfolio doesn't necessarily answer that question. And it's when you're in a period of uncertainty, like we've been in for the last year and arguably three years, it just really it erodes people's financial confidence if they don't know if the exact amount of money they've saved for them is going to be enough for, to meet their personal goals. And and that's something that is amplified when. We have a year like we've had in 2022 when clients open up their statements and see things that are down on a year-over-year basis across the board. It just kind of stokes those fears. Um, and I just want to touch on a point when when you say the question is, will I be okay? There was a Polara October 20, a study a study in, in October 2022 uh, of high net worth Canadians, and some of the results were, were along those lines. Um, so 60% were concerned with maintaining growing their wealth in this economy. Uh, half are concerned about managing the wealth with the complexity of the current economy. Uh, there is a minority that are concerned with other factors, but 40% are worried about maintaining their lifestyle, either now or in the future or in retirement. Um, supporting the uh, charities, supporting their children, and so on. And when it comes to building the plan, and this is going to seem like there's an obvious answer to this, but is it just always that we assume markets go up or do we assume that we have years like we've had in 2022 and factor that into the longer term projections? Well, there's many important parts to the plan. I think one of the most important factors that uh, our advisors will discuss with clients is what we call what if scenarios. So first we build the plan and then we project out how things are going to go. And to a certain degree, there's some expectations of ups and downs. Uh, although we expect markets to go up over the long term, that doesn't necessarily mean what they're going. That, that's what's going to happen in the short term. But what's important to give clients true confidence is to layer on the what if scenarios. And so you can put in the plan, what would happen if the markets went down by 30% in the year I retired? And because of the sequence of return issue, it, it, the last time you would want the markets to go down would be when you first retire. If they go down later on, that's less lower implication. But you know what would happen if the markets went down thirty percent? What would happen if inflation went up five percent? 
you know, what would happen if I died 10 years earlier than expected? There's all sorts of different scenarios that you can put in your plan and see whether or not they work. So we use, uh, as you say, we've got the IG Living Plan, which is uses Conquest technology and it, it's uh, artificial intelligence assisted and it, it runs all sorts of scenarios to tell you what the best strategy would be for you. So if, if you're putting layering on those what if scenarios, you can try and you know, basically stress test your plan to make sure that it's going to work not, I wouldn't say no matter what happens, but even if things don't go as expected. And that's, I think, one of the, if I keep reminding clients of this and perhaps reminding ourselves of this as well, it's that it's not just one year. It is over the long term. It is not just the period now to retirement. It's the period now into retirement uh, to the end. And, and so you have time on, on your side. One year, we don't expect the markets to go up 15% every single year, 20% every single year. We know that's unrealistic to think that. And so when we get a year like we have had now, I think it's good to always go back and look at, well, what was the target and where are we? And if we think about it in those terms, the five-year average annualized return for the S&P 500 or the TSX, even with the year that we've had in 2022, is still between 8 and 10%. So we shouldn't just think about it just this year, we're down, that's derailed the whole plan. The plan is longer term. Now, when I, I talk about that, you know, it seems that we're only focused on investment returns. But the other big thing that comes up too is taxation. I mean, how important is taxation overall to the financial plan and constructing our portfolios? Well, for a lot of our clients, you know, they need to expect that it, income taxes could literally cut their income in half over time, right? So it, it, taxation is huge. It actually, uh, I, I find it kind of ironic when people get all upset about whether or not they're going to be earning 6 or 7% uh, or if, if they're going to pay. Sometimes people ask about probate fees and they're going to have to pay 1% at the time of death. And they, they, they focus on what to me seems like relatively small variances but they won't think about, I wonder what the tax hit will be because tax rates in many provinces in Canada, the highest tax rates anyways, are over 50%. And they don't think about, you know, how's my estate going to be taxed at the time of my death? So that is that can take a huge bite out of your retirement and a huge bite out of the, the overall value of your estate. And when we're talking to clients, um, and, and my team is made up of estate lawyers and, and tax accountants and financial planning specialists, the, the tax strategies are often the most fundamental part of the discussion. The Conquest technology, the IG Living Plan technology, is actually built on the Canadian income tax form. That's the, the engine for all the calculations because it has such a huge implication. And when you're looking at the strategies, it's suggesting different things. Should you invest in RSPs or should you invest in TFSAs or both? Uh, should you invest in permanent life insurance because permanent life insurance is paid out completely tax-free? You know, how should you be investing your money and where and what percentage? If you're not considering things like that, uh, you may, in fact, have to save a lot more to achieve your ultimate goal. And I, I think that uh, when people do it on their own, you know, I've seen all sorts of surveys which talk about how few Canadians 
have TFSAs or, or realize the benefits or, or ESPs or, or DSPs, registered disability savings plans. There are just so many different types of tax structures out there now that it it's confusing. And um, the reason why we use this artificial intelligence is it would be hard even for an advisor, a human being advisor, to know when to use this strategy and what the the optimal result is. This discussion also comes up when we're talking about uh, retirement withdrawal strategies. You know, when do you take your CFP, C CPP? When do you, you know, withdraw your your non-registered funds? What order do you withdraw them in? Some people actually start withdrawing their RSPs before they have to because they know they're going to be in a lower income tax bracket for a couple of years, let's say, and then later on slow that down. But if you don't have access to any sort of uh, technology that runs all the different simulations, it can be tough to know. And that tax part of it can just play a, just a huge role in the ultimate uh, amount you need to save for your retirement. And I want to just kind of branch off on that a little bit. It's not just about retirement. It's, it's just about, in total, it's financial well-being. And the first example that comes to my mind is... I often say this in, in terms of why I use an advisor. It's that many years ago, I had a, a dear friend of mine pass away at a young age, leaving his wife and young family. And the, immediately the question came up saying, well, what would have happened if that was me? What would that mean for my family? How would they be taken care of? And this is where the whole concept of a financial plan beyond just what do I own in the market really comes to play. So- when you think about our lives and how complicated they are, how does that kind of focus the importance on a total plan in your mind? I think that's an excellent point because a financial plan isn't just about retirement planning. So there's retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, disability planning, cash management. There are many different factors that will go into your plan. Uh, a couple of trends we've seen over the last couple of years uh, since COVID, we've had a lot of people asking about long-term care insurance because they want to ensure that they have enough money when they're older that, so that they don't have to be in a long-term care home, which scared a lot of people after COVID, or they want to be in a nicer long-term care home. Uh, you know, a lot of questions about, I want to be able to leave, and not necessarily leave at the time of death, but give money to my children during my lifetime to help them with a down payment for their house. Oh, and by the way, I have three children, so I'm going to need three down payments. So there's all sorts of goals that have evolved over the last few years. And if you don't have the right types of savings or the right types of insurance, as you pointed out, uh, you may not have the same financial well-being. We've also seen on the cash management side that people have not been using the right types of uh, lines of credit or, or they're not using lines of credit at all. They're putting things on their, their credit cards and they're paying a much higher rate of interest than they probably should be. They're not consolidating. So there are a number of different ways in which you can improve your financial health that don't necessarily have to do with what's happening in the markets. So then can you uh, walk us through a synopsis of the process that you'll take a client through? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the first thing that our advisors would do is, is sit down with you and they do collect uh, a bunch of information. So they are going to, it's, it's like going to the doctor and you are going to have to provide them with some background information. You know, a doctor is not going to prescribe anything without a blood test and some some cases x-rays and things like that. So 
you do need to provide them with things like your investment statements and your insurance statements, whatever it is that you've uh, got at this point. Uh, in some cases, when we're dealing with business owners and high net worth individuals where there's more complexity, we will start to ask for things, you know, like we want tax returns. And if they've got a, a, a corporation, it might be corporate tax returns, financial statements. We're asking for those things because our team takes the time to go through all of that. And we're, we're digging for opportunities. And there are so many opportunities in those documents. If you don't provide us with those documents or that information, it's a little bit of a guess. And it's not that we can't do anything for you, but we really want to get a complete picture. So we will ask questions, you know, is there anyone in your family member with a disability? Why are we asking that question? Well, have you set up an RDSP? Have you claimed the disability tax credit? There, there are all sorts of reasons why we're asking these questions, because we want to get to know you as a person, get to know your household, and also ask bigger picture questions. So do you have any charitable giving intentions? Uh, you know, everyone has different things that are important in their lives. And it's interesting to me because a number of people have asked, so what questions do I need to know when I go see a financial planner? And I think to myself, it's like saying, what questions do I need to know in order to go see a doctor? It's not your responsibility to know which questions to ask. It's the advisor's responsibility to know which questions to ask. You just need to be open to having the conversation. And our advisors, many of them uh, have their certified financial planner designation or en route to getting it. And so they are taking a, a longer term, more holistic approach because although investments are obviously very important, uh, we use professional investment managers to invest the money. So they're not spending their day stock picking. They're spending their day making sure that their clients are in good financial health. And the only way to know that is to take a baseline and also check on that every year. And that's why they want to get to know you. It's not just about, you know, it's not just a quick conversation about finding out what your risk tolerance is, although that is part of the conversation for sure. It's much more holistic, comprehensive discussion to make sure that you are in overall great financial health. So when I look back on on this year, most recently where we are, um, closing out 2022, looking ahead to 2023, the questions that I get are these you know, have the markets hit bottom yet? And you know, my answer is, yeah, I think I think we're pretty darn close to it. If we haven't already hit bottom, will there be a recession? Yes, the the economic data seems to suggest that it's almost a near certainty that the Canadian economy, U.S. economy, will see recession next year. Where's inflation going? Likely lower over the course of of the next twelve months. That doesn't mean prices are going to fall. It means that the growth rate is going to slow down. And I think closer, much closer to 3% by the end of the year. And one of the last ones is how long will it take my portfolio to recover from the downturn? And here, it's hard to say, it really depends on the gains that we see. But I would say a fair guess, based on history would be a year to two years. But that's a year to two years of up markets. And so there's an opportunity today. What are the types of questions that you're getting at this time of year in particular? Uh, we're getting all sorts of questions about, well, again, you know, will I be okay? Um, is there any way to reduce the tax I pay? Um, is there any way to, you know, reduce the amount of interest that I'm paying? Um, we're also getting questions about how do I best make a gift to my children? Uh, and again, it's usually for uh, paying down a home. We're getting a lot of questions from business owners asking, how do I best pass on a business? I think that there are a lot of baby boomers who have 
you know, they're they're thinking of retiring and they want to pass on a business. And in many cases, the business needs to go through some sort of digital transformation. And they realize, uh, you know, I don't think I'm the person to do that. The next generation needs to do it. So uh, we're, we're getting lots of questions uh, from people wanting to talk about intergenerational wealth planning, that sort of thing. Um, charitable giving always comes up at the end of the year because people want to take advantage of the charitable donation tax credit. So if you want to take advantage of that in 2022, you need to make the gift in 2022. And we're also getting a number of questions now that, um, you know, the borders have opened up. Uh, what, what do I need to know if I want to travel more to the U.S., spend more time in the U.S., buy a property in the U.S. or in some cases actually sell a property in the U.S. because the, the values have gone up and, and you know, the, the, the dollar is high. So uh, we were getting lots of, of cross-border questions. Uh, but it's the, the main question we still get is it, it, it's perennial. Will I be OK? And they, and they want and, and it's not even will I be OK? Will my family be OK? Will my kids be OK? Uh, because they, they are concerned about the fact that their portfolio is down and prices have gone up. How can they not be concerned that the second you walk into a grocery store, it's, it hits you straight in the face? So uh, it, we are getting a, a lot of questions related to that. But I, I think, as you said, if you look at your financial plan and just project things out and you see that, oh, actually, I can still achieve my goals, that will give you the financial confidence you need to move forward. And it's interesting because if you had financial confidence, you might actually be investing right now. You might actually see this as an investment opportunity. And I found it interesting in looking at the the survey results that you know large majority of, of clients who had advisors felt a lot more financially confident and felt, okay, now I, I can make I can make an informed decision and move forward. I'm not going to make a rash decision. Like how do the questions from our, most of our clients aren't how do I sell everything right away? I mean that that would that generally wouldn't be a good idea. I mean you, you may have dogs in your portfolio that you want to sell, but they're not asking how do I, I how do I get out of the market because I think that the clients who work with our advisors know yeah this is going to happen. Things are the market's going to go up. It's also going to go down. That's just part of life. I'm going to weather this out. If anything. What sort of opportunities does this provide to me? Because it it is uh, it, there's always a flip side to that, right? There's always uh, there's a good and bad to everything. And for some clients, they're thinking, hmm, maybe there's some opportunities here that I should be taking advantage of. As I, I listen to you and this through this podcast, and just kind of the thoughts just roll through my head. I've got one question for you: Are you the most important person at IG as far as our clients are concerned? Absolutely not. Our consultative. <laughs> Are the most important people at IG? Yeah, uh, the, the definitely our, our financial planners are the most important people because they're meeting with clients every day, asking those those basic questions every day. What is it that you'd like to achieve? And and you know, keeping them from making big mistakes, right? And it's amazing how many mistakes people can make when they're just trying to do it on their own. And there's nothing wrong with with being educated. And I tell people all the time, if you want to be educated, go online and look things up. You can look, do the same thing for your health, but would you just look about, uh, look up things about your physical health and never actually go see a doctor? I mean, the, the most important person in a hospital isn't necessarily the CEO of the hospital. It's your doctor. It's the, it's the one-on-one -on -one relationship with that doctor who's giving you individual personalized advice. And I'd say the same thing at IG Wealth. Your advisors. I mean, that's after your after your doctor, after your your medical doctor. 
I think there's a strong argument to be made that your financial planner is the second most important person, second most important advisor in, in your in your life. So I'll just say you're the second most important person at, at IG. I think, <laughs> will go you know, I think that's fair to say. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, it, yeah, we often use the analogy, would you operate on, on yourself? Would you really do that? And, and there are commercials out there that make it seem easy, but life is complicated and everything involved with it is very, very complicated. It's not just about investing. And I often use the analogy saying, I can cook, I could put a meal together, but I wouldn't compare myself to a three-star Michelin chef. <laughs> I mean, it's huge. And I think it would be a great insult to go up to one and say, oh yeah, I cook too, you know, <laughs> to, to think that we're at the same level. We are absolutely not at the same level at all. And and to think that we are is just illustrates perhaps the the misunderstanding of what a really good chef does. And similarly, what a really good financial plan entails. Um, you know, it, it's not as simple as we sometimes like to think it is. But well, when the market goes up, it's very complicated. Yet everyone thinks that it's very easy when the markets go up. Everyone's a genius in a bull market and, and then you know, struggling to find answers in a bear market like we've had this year. And that's where the plan really, really comes into place. And that's where I think you know, the obvious answer to, the, to this one is, I use an advisor. Christine, do you use an advisor? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've, I've had an advisor for well, several decades now, actually. I, I, I mean, there's there's no one more important than than that advisor. And, you know, in terms of complexity, your, your your comments just made me think about the number of clients who come in and say, I've got a really straightforward situation. And then we ask a few questions and we find out they're in a third marriage. They've got kids from two previous relationships. They're a U.S. citizen. One of their children is disabled. They're living common law. They don't have a will. I mean, on and on and on. And it, when we say complicated, we don't mean are you in a hedge fund? We mean, you know, what is it that you want to achieve? And, and, uh, there's a lot of clients who, you know, th their situation is so socially acceptable. There's nothing wrong with any particular life, you know, situation. It's just they don't even realize that that has all sorts of implications for their plan. And so at every end of every adult Canadian should have a financial plan. And I definitely have one. I would not do it on my own. And it's interesting that you call me the second most important person at IG because I thought that was you, Philip. I need someone to help me with my investments. I don't do that part. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say I'm the third most important person. How's that? And then get, sure. put you yeah. above that because I think the financial plan is 90% of the work uh, and the investment portfolio itself is 10. You know, again, it, it's everything else that goes around it and that's built around it. That's really, really important. So um, look, I, I think your last comments there were, were a great way to end this off. However, I do want to just take up another minute or two of your time with uh, something that I like to call the lightning round, have a little bit of fun, get to know Christine beyond just the financial planning expertise that you've shared with us. If you're game, um, the, the idea of this is I'm going to throw questions at you and you just respond with whatever is top of mind. How does that sound? Okay. We'll see how this goes. Okay, perfect. Christine, if you were not doing what you'd be doing today, if you went back to young Christine, what would your your uh, aspiration be? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. I used to want to be a buyer at Holt Renfrew, but <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one. You know, um, What is your last binge watch on Netflix? Hmm. I watched The Bear just recently. Actually, I can't say oh. if that's on Netflix, but I did watch The Bear. It's not, but you know, speaking of cooking, uh, that is a fantastic show. We're just starting to watch that ourselves. Just, I, I, I love it. Um, what is your next travel destination? You know what? For the first time ever, I don't have, 
an airline ticket booked. I used to be on the road all the time. I think, well, uh, we're, we're looking at San Francisco. Very nice. And uh, favorite season of the year? Have to be summer. I live in Winnipeg. Got to, you know, take it with take advantage of the good parts. We have a great summer here. Fair enough. Fair enough. And lastly, the if there was just one aspect to financial planning that people need to start, where would that be? I'd say to to take uh, the Nike phrase, just do it. You would not believe how many people talk and talk and talk about starting financial planning, and they never just do it. Just pick up the phone, speak to an IG Wealth Advisor, and let them do the heavy lifting. I think a lot of people procrastinate. Uh, and they they're not sure what to do. They're not sure how to start. They 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 only want to invest when the market's down. I'm thinking, for Pete's sake, is the market not down now? <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of procrastination. The most it's it's like when people say, "What's the most important thing to do if you want to get in better physical health? Just get to the gym. That's ninety percent of the the battle. Just picking up the phone and getting started." Christine, that's a great way to end this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me on uh, IG Wealth Management's The Living Market. It's been my pleasure. Thanks so much, Philip. I love your podcast and it's a real uh, honor to be on it today. Thanks very much. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to rate it or share it with colleagues and friends. It will help other like-minded individuals find us. Thanks for listening. The content of this podcast, including facts, views, opinions, and recommendations, is not to be used or construed as investment advice and is not an offer or an invitation to buy or sell any security. The content of this podcast should not be relied upon for any purpose, and IG Wealth Management is not responsible for any reliance upon it. This podcast includes forward-looking information that reflects our current expectations or forecasts of future events. Forward-looking information is subject to risks, uncertainties, and assumptions that could cause actual results to differ materially from expressed herein. Our views are subject to change based on market conditions. Commissions, fees, and expenses may be associated with mutual fund investments. Read the prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed, values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated.